This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, beloved, welcome to another chapter of the book of Sean. It's good to see you. Thank you for tuning in. I'm excited about the show tonight. We have a really great show for you, okay? We're going to do some headlines. We're going to do some Ask Dr. Sean. And my sister Tiffany is here. Yes, yes, yes. She is here, and we're going to talk to her. Uh, wait till you see her skin, by the way. She has great skin. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, whatever she's doing, I need to start doing, because I look like I'm 15 with acne, and she looks amazing, Okay. But women often look better than men, so I'm not surprised. Anyway, she's here tonight to talk about her journey with no, okay? Because we all have a journey with no, and we all have an experience with yes. And sometimes we said yes when we should have said no, and we said no when we should have said yes. And my job tonight is to get her to stop saying yes more than she should, okay? Because I believe in her, okay? And I believe in you too. So as I work with her, I'm working with you, I'm working with me, because we all got somebody that we say yes to just a little too much. (laughs) We're going to figure this thing out tonight. We're going to be better by the time the show is over. It's going to be a great show, okay? So have a seat. Get comfortable. Take your shoes off. You know what I'm saying? Do do your little sprinkly toe thing in the carpet. Get you something to drink. And let's get to it. Play the bumper, Hiley. So, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Listen to this, Tiffany. Dr. Anthony Fauci is going to be leaving a public life. At, he's going to retire at the end of Joe Biden's term. I'm sure you heard this. Dr. Fauci, as all of us know, is the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. And he's been there for decades. OK, he doesn't have a specific date when he's going to retire, but he's going to leave the government before the end of 2025, which is the end of Biden's term. And Dr. Fauci, I just wanted to say thank you to Dr. Fauci. OK, I wanted to come on tonight to thank Dr. Fauci Because in spite of some of y'all out here in the world who don't like Dr. Fauci and y'all were mad at Dr. Fauci during the pandemic, I'm grateful for Dr. Fauci, okay? I'm grateful for Dr. Fauci because I've been surrounded with people who had COVID and I don't, I may have even had COVID and didn't know it. But you know why I didn't know it? Because of Dr. Fauci and all the doctors out there that help make things so that people like me who have pre-existing conditions would not get sick and die. So I want to thank Dr. Fauci for what he tried to do and what he did do with respect to COVID. But let me just go a little further because you because we, you know, because I'm going to put things in perspective for you. Forget about COVID. Dr. Fauci has been the director of the National Institute for Infectious Diseases for over 30 years. Dr. Fauci was on the front lines fighting to find a cure for AIDS 30 years ago when the government of the United States could have cared less that LGBTQ people were dying from that disease. Dr. Fauci was fighting to find a cure for it. Brothers and sisters, hear me when I tell you this, okay? This country was perfectly willing to let gay people die, and Dr. Dr. Fauci was not willing to let that happen. 
from AIDS to Ebola to COVID to monkeypox. We got monkeypox running around now. From Ebola to monkeypox, Dr. Fauci has been working to fight diseases and to keep people alive. That's the point. He's been working to help people keep people alive. And it's kind of sad how some people turned on Dr. Dr. Fauci during the pandemic because you guys were doing your, your research on the Internet about COVID. Y'all were doing your research. As if Googling something on the Internet is research. That's not research, people. Unless you're in a laboratory and unless, unless you know, unless you have a sense of the chemical formula for salt, you ain't doing research. <laughs> if you ain't in a laboratory and you don't even know the chemical formula for salt, you ain't doing no research. But I digress. It's amazing how some people poo-pooed on a man who made a 30-year contribution to the health of this country. Let me ask you a question. Would you want people to judge you by one moment in your life or your career? Would you want people to judge you by one conversation or one season of your existence? Judge people by the entire span of what they tried to offer. Judge people by the whole swoosh of their life and not just one situation. And just in case you're wondering, the chemical formula for salt is NACL. Okay? That's, I'm just helping you with your research. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Little Uzi Vert. Did I say it right? Little Uzi Vert. He's a rapper, people. Little Uzi Vert. So, um, not only is Little Uzi Vert going to give us some new music, he also has some new pronouns. Apparently, Little Uzi, can I call him that, Little Uzi? Apparently, Little Uzi uh, went on their Instagram bio to include now the pronouns they and them, which, as most of us know, are the pronouns that are often used by people who identify as being non-binary or gender fluid. So Lil Uzi um, has long showed support for the LGBTQ community. He has worn, he's worn uh, gender fluid clothing before in the past. And it seems that now they have a, have, he, they've had a deeper reckoning with uh, their identity and their capacity for self-awareness. And that's really what it's all about. Sometimes we get caught up in the pronouns and the gender. Is he a woman? Is she a man? Who's it? Forget all that. What all of this is about, all of the personal pronoun stuff, is about somebody coming to self-awareness. And we should all want people to have self-awareness, no matter what they come to understand about themselves. We, we, we need more people who are self-aware in this world, Okay. That's how you end up with people wearing clothes that are too tight. <laughs> You're not self-aware. You should have looked in the mirror and saw that that ain't going to work. We should want people to be self-aware. What does that mean? It means that I don't rely on what the world sees or says about me to define me. I determine how I feel and how I see myself. And little Uzi has come to the moment of self-awareness and reckoning. How he sees himself means more to him than what the world sees when they look at him or them. I just messed up. (laughs) Them. You see, I think the most important thing in the world is how you see yourself. Because everything else about you comes from that garden. Everything else comes from the soil of that garden. And if you don't know yourself and you can't see yourself you're not going to be able to bless yourself. And when you don't know yourself, everybody sees it. Everybody can tell that everybody can tell when they're dealing with somebody who doesn't know who they are. Cause when you know who you are, you walk across the room differently. So I'm happy for little Uzi. 
I'm very happy that they are coming to terms with their own self-awareness. You see, I fundamentally believe, and I know this to be the case, that gender identity has nothing to do, it has nothing to do with sexual attraction. It has everything to do with what you see when you look in the mirror. You see, one is an internal conversation that you have with you, and the other is the desire that you, you direct to other people. Lil Uzi Vert, I wish him love. I wish them love. I wish them peace. I wish them happiness. Because I only wish for people what I would wish for myself. All right, let's move on. Tiffany, I'm coming to you. Stay with me, girl. Because you're going to tell me how you got that skin like that. I swear, you ain't getting on this show tonight without telling me how you, how do you have skin like that. All right, let's talk about Jennifer Lopez, people, all right? It has been reported in other places, and now I report today. I had to do my speech voice. That Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck are married. They got married over the weekend. Come on, people, clap. Nobody's clapping but me. Let's clap for them, people. All right? And we want to send here at the Book of Sean, we want to send our congratulations to the new couple for their, for their nuptials. And apparently the couple got married in Vegas. Jennifer Lopez wore an old dress, and Ben Affleck apparently wore a jacket from his closet. It's something I would do if I got I got married. I just grab something out of the closet. I'm not buying nothing new. But anyway, but here's why I'm doing the story because you know I don't really do celebrity stuff. But I, I wanted to do this story because are you guys ready for this? This wedding is 20 years in the making. 20 years. This ain't no overnight love. We met in the club and then we got married. <clears throat> These two they started dating in 2002. That's 20 years ago. They started dating in, in, in 2002. And here's something else you need to consider, too. Both of them have been married before, and both of them were engaged after they were married before. <laughs> and guess what? They still ended up marrying each other. Did you get that? They started dating in, in 2002. They both got married to other people. And then engaged to other people after they were married to other people. And then they ended up marrying each other. Doesn't that inspire you? That should inspire. To all the single people out there who are like, I'm never going to find anybody. And nobody's ever going to want me. And I'm getting older. And nobody. Jennifer Lopez, Ben Affleck people, 20 years in the making. I'm just trying to tell you. And I'm trying to tell you to your face that when somebody is yours, they're yours. Come on now. Say amen, clap, blink, something. Don't sit there and look at me. What's yours is yours. And nobody can ultimately take or keep what's yours. Somebody that you're destined to be with, you're going to be with them. And you don't have to worry about, you don't have to, you don't, you don't have to do, be insecure. If it takes 20 years, love will find a way. That's the part where you throw your shoe at the TV. If it takes 20 years, love will find a way. This romance took 20 years to happen, but it happened and they found each other. I, I, I just believe that 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 you shouldn't panic and you shouldn't be insecure and you shouldn't give up. OK, I know sometimes love is hard and, 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 and you pray that you find somebody that's worth all that you want to give them. But When you get weak and you get weary and you get wounded, just remember that just because it's taken a long time doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Delayed does not mean denied. And if Jennifer and Ben can find their way to each other with all of their craziness, 
And I do believe that in your case, love will find a way. All right, here's my last story before I talk to Tiffany. This is one of the craziest stories that I've seen in a while. And um, this is going to, in the words of Muhammad Ali, this is going to shock and amaze you. So listen to this. In a recent experiment, scientists uh, specifically programmed robots, check to stay with me, to scan blocks with people's faces on them and then to put those faces that they believe to be criminals in a certain box. So, they, so the robots were scanning a bunch of faces and then they said, when you see someone who's a criminal, they program, when you see someone, a robot that you think is a criminal, put that face in a block. And more times than not, repeatedly, the robots put black faces in blocks because the robots deduced that the black faces were criminals. Translation, the robots overwhelmingly assumed that black people were criminals. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that not crazy? Okay, let's keep going because this is about to get better. The robots were programmed with a popular artificial intelligence algorithm. And apparently this study represents the empirical evidence. Are you ready for this? That robots can be racist. (laughs) If this is a daytime show, so I can't cuss. And I want Tiffany to believe that I'm saved. (laughs) But if I could cuss right now, I really would. So not only do we have to worry about white folks being racist, now we got to worry about robots? <laughs> robots can be racist? Are you serious? Yes, apparently this is empirical evidence that robots can be racist. The robots were choosing black faces overwhelmingly that the robots thought were criminals. Oh, and just in, and, and, and just in case you were wondering, it's not just racist. When the robots were asked to identify um, housekeepers and janitors, the robots identified women and people of color. And when they say people of color, they mean Mexicans. (laughs) So the robots are racist and sexist. Robots. (sighs) These are some thoroughly messed up robots, people. The the study was conducted by Johns Hopkins University and the Georgia Institute of Technology and showed that racist and sexist biases can be baked into artificial intelligence and the systems that they use. So 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 translation it's not it's not that the robots are racist it's that the algorithm created to determine the operation was written by people who have biases that they encoded in the algorithm. Did you get that? And so the biases came out in the algorithm. You, you know I'm going somewhere, right? You sit, come on, sit up in that seat because I'm about to hit you. The, algor- the racism was in the algorithm, not in the robot. The people that put the program, that wrote the program, unwittingly wrote their racism and their sexism into the program. So we can still like robots. But we need to deal with the people who wrote these programs, Okay. And I'm only giving you this story. I'm only bringing this to you for one reason. Because a lot of y'all are about to run out and buy you an electric car with a lot of artificial intelligence in it. And I just think y'all should think about it. Because you never know who wrote that program. (laughs) I love this show. I really do. 
All right, I'm going to talk to my sister Tiffany. We are going to work on the journey to know. We're headed to know, all right? Because you can say yes to something in 15 minutes that it take you 15 years to get out of. And you know what I'm talking about, okay? I'm going to help my sister tonight. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to encourage and, and, and work with each other. And tonight, we're going to make sure all of us respect ourselves, okay? Y'all be careful with that artificial intelligence, all right? Because you don't know who wrote the program. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, everybody. So, 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 so. How many times have you said yes and you wish you said no? How many times have you said no and you should have said yes, right? These little words can really determine the basis and the burden of your life. And a lot of people struggle with them. It's called boundaries, right? Being able to draw lines, lines that protect you from other people and sometimes protect people from you. Sometimes they protect you from yourself. All right. My journey tonight has had a journey with boundaries. OK, and we're going to hear and listen and learn and love on her. Welcome to the show tonight, Tiffany. Hi. <laughs> All right. Thank you for having me. I've been telling everybody about your amazing skin. So I'm just saying. <laughs> Whatever. Lots of water and sunlight. Listen, this is what I, I need. I need that because I, I my skin is like I'm 16 with acne. I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> All right, let's, let's, let's get to this, all right, because we got so much ground to cover, and you have such an amazing story that I want people really to hear it, and I want you to experience it, all right? I, 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 here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to be detached tonight, all right? I want you to sit in your story, because that's the only way I can really help you, is, 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 okay. it, is if you sit in it and let it wash over you, um, because you're in, say, you're in good hands, you're in loving hands, and you're safe. I promise you, you're safe. Okay. So let's get into it. Why do you think saying no to people is so hard for you? Um, I think it's because I, I genuinely like people and I like making people happy and I'm a people person. And sometimes my empathy gets in the way of my better judgment. Mm. Okay, you calling it empathy, okay? And I, let, let, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to come back to that later because we're going to really think about whether or not it's really empathy, okay? Because yeah. it, it, it might be empathy metastasized into something else. So, mm-hmm. so, so let me ask you this. When did you know for sure um, that your inability or the challenge to say no had become a problem? Like, was there a moment or a situation that happened and you were like, okay, this might not be good anymore? Oh my gosh, there were a few, but (laughs) I would say the most um, like detrimental one was I let a friend move in with me and this person had um, like substance abuse issues. And I realized that pretty early on um, in them living there. And it got so bad that I, uh, I actually left my own apartment and left all my furniture, all my belongings behind to just start again, because it was that difficult for me to get this person out of my place so at that point i realized like i have a serious issue with boundaries and saying no and yeah so that had to that was it for me wait tiffany do you see my face um i do now (laughs) wait a minute wait a minute wait let me me make sure i got this (laughs) so you let someone move in you find out they had substance abuse issues and i'm not i'm not really talking about that person at all i don't really they're not the they're not the point the point is once you found out, you couldn't bring yourself to, to like to say you got to go. Well, I tried. I did ask the person to leave, but okay. they right. just, you know, wouldn't leave. They wouldn't. So leave. I left. 
so so you left your apartment and they stayed. Yes. I'm I'm so glad you're on the show tonight, okay? I really am because I um I love you too much to leave you like this. <laughs> say say <laughs> say if the Lord. <laughs> no, 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 no. We okay, we going to come back to that too. So so I I I guess I should ask you have you always had a problem with saying no? Like has this been a pattern for you through through, through your most of your journey? Yeah, definitely. Um I mean, I grew up in a small town where everybody kind of knew everybody. And so it was like there was this foundation of trust that when you move to a bigger city doesn't exactly exist. And I think I really just had a hard time adjusting to that, you know. Mm. Okay, but I'm going to push you, okay? Because I I bet you the answer is more particular than that. Who taught you to say yes? (laughs) My dad. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I hope I don't get in trouble for asking this, but but with, with my producers, I mean, how did, how how did he teach you to say yes? Because he uh, he says yes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, this is great. So 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 when your dad says yes all the time, let's say to you, mm-hmm. or to or to or to whomever, yeah. what what message do you get from that? That he's always been the guy that will give the shirt off of his back to help people. Even if it's like 40 degrees outside, I'm sure you know what I mean by that. So it's like, he gives to his deficit, but somehow it's always returned to him in some karmactic way. And so I just always looked at that as honorable and noble. But now as an adult, I'm like, as a woman in a big city by myself, you know, I can't operate along the same lines that a man who's, you know, strong and, got years of military conduct himself, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, what, and what's interesting is that, is that you took honor from that message. You, you took that's being honorable, that's being decent, that's having integrity, right? Um, and, and, and so for you, saying yes is how you express honor, integrity, decency. And, and, but, but, but what can happen is that, that the lines get, get, they get, they get crossed, right? They get crisscrossed because the message you think you're sending may not be the message that people happen to be receiving. I hear you. You know what I'm saying? So you're, you're so, so I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, and I'm saying right. I'm honorable, I'm decent, I'm kind. But the other person is taking, 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 and the message they're getting in, she's weak, she's she's she, she's she's not aware, she's not self-aware, she won't stand up for herself. She won't right. set boundaries, right? You get you, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? I do. And then when I do set a boundary, it's always at like my breaking point, like to where I snap. <laughs> so that that's not healthy either. So I just really want to work to find um, you know, a middle ground of, of being a genuine person, but still um, you know, making sure my cup is full first. Yeah, yeah. You know, b- b- before we get to the medicine, let, let's stay in the problem a little longer. And, and let mm-hmm. me ask you this. And, and, and re- really, let, let this question do its work on you. Um, yeah. Would you say that you're a people pleaser? Yeah, definitely. At times. Mm-hmm. More times than not. <laughs> no, 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 your, 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 your face just changed. Um, when, when, when you had to say yes to that, you 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 felt something what 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 happened what just happened 
I think that accepting that is hard because I'm also a very strong person in a lot of other ways. So it makes me feel kind of weak, I guess. Mm. Don't, don't, don't fight what you're feeling right now, okay? Don't fight what you're feeling because if you let yourself feel this, that's the beginning of change. That's the beginning of transformation. So, so tell me what you're feeling right now. Then don't fight it. Just explain it. I feel embarrassed <laughs> and silly because I know better, but I just don't know how to be anyone else. Yeah. That's it. That's it. You, you, are, you are literally halfway to healing right now. The ability to admit that, to say, you know what? I want to be better, but I don't know how to be. I, this is all I know how to be. Yeah. Like, that's it. I, 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 we really could end the show right now. Because, <laughs> because, no, because that's the beginning of heading in the right direction. It's, it's the acknowledgement that I've done all that I know how to do. And that's, and that's part of what I want to say to you. You, you are yeah. not a bad person, Tiffany. You, you're a sweetheart. You have a lovely spirit, right? But, but you're doing what you know how to do. And what you know how to do is hurting you. It's putting you in a bad position. And so you're here tonight so that we can help you know how to do something better, differently, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I, listen, I am, uh, I like you already, okay? I like you. <laughs> I like you. I like you. So, 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 so tell me this real quick. And, and again, let, let this question do its work on you. Because there are a lot of people watching tonight who are you. There are a lot of people mm -hmm. watching tonight who are exactly where you are uh, with respect to different areas of their lives. When people take advantage of you, how does it make you feel when you realize that somebody's just using you? Definitely unloved and um, unvalued, for sure. Mm. Like, I guess, uh, dehumanized, mm. you know, just as a resource or as, you know, property or whatever the situation. I mean, every situation is different, but usually... I would say dehumanized is the best way that I can explain it. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that's a great way to explain it. And I, I don't think anybody should have to feel that way. And I, I don't think anybody needs to feel that way. If they learn cert certain important things about boundaries and about the power of saying no to people. Um, now, when you, when the, so let me ask, so, so, so does, does the absence of boundaries spill over to your, let's say, to your, your, your romantic relationships, too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, talk about that, because, yeah, because yeah. your face changed. Um, <laughs> talk about you know, that. No, I think, and this is going to sound so crazy, but I would say that, like, 50% of the relationships that I've been in, I wasn't really sure if it was right from the beginning, but I was just like, well, I mean, nothing really is wrong, nothing really bad happened, so maybe I should give it a shot. Just, you know, kind of going against my better judgment. And, um, you know, that never really ends well. So it's just understanding that just because someone is a good person doesn't mean that they're the person for you or that you should pursue anything outside of a friendship with that individual. So it's just been, it's been interesting. And I think some of it stems too from just, like I said, being an adult as an adult in a city by yourself, it's so hard to make friends and it's so hard to form genuine connections. And so sometimes we, we, sometimes I <laughs> overlook um, certain red flags. Mm. You know? 
be, be, yes. and, and you overlook those red flags because you're trying to prevent or have what? Like loneliness. Mm. Mm. Your face just changed. What, what's happening? What's that? Oh. No, no, it's good. What, what's that? <laughs> when I say that, I mean, tell me what you're feeling. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel, um, I feel more self-aware in this moment, but also just... I don't know. It's, um, I feel very vulnerable. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I feel very vulnerable. Which ironically is the thing you're trying to avoid by saying yes all the time. Yeah, I guess so. You know, I, I, I know so. I know so. <laughs> <laughs> Vulnerability is the thing you're trying to avoid. And in, and in the moment of healing, where does life bring you to the very thing you're trying to avoid? You know why? Mm. To show you, you can handle it to show you you don't have to be afraid of it, to show you you don't have to avoid it, you don't have to run from it. You don't have to fill your life with all this yes, 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 because vulnerability won't kill you. It won't destroy you. You're strong enough and you can deal with it. Listen, I gotta take this break, okay? But we, okay. we, we, we about to get to the good part. She's like, thank God for the break. <laughs> we'll be right back, everybody, right after this. We're gonna deal with Tiffany, we're gonna deal with you, we're gonna deal with me. We're gonna be better people. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back, everybody. So I'm talking to Tiffany. We're talking about boundaries, right? We all need them. And sometimes they're hard to form. Tim, Tiffany, 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 Tiffany. So let me ask you this, okay? Um, what would you say if I say, said to you that whatever message you learned from watching your dad say yes, and, what, and whatever you felt like you had to do when you were younger, right, moving around, you know, in, in, in communities and all of that, that you are not that person anymore who needs to either pick up on that message or send that message to other people. So, mm -hmm. so, so here's what I mean. What would you say if I said to you that in this moment, being the woman you are now, you don't have to fit in and you don't have to send any message or prove anything to anybody? What would you say to that? I would 100% agree. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. and, and, yeah. And, and if I said, what, what's the basis of your agreement? What, what evidence do you have about yourself that makes you want to agree with that? I mean, I'm definitely my own um, person. I've always been a leader and I'm really creative and in my creative endeavors, people support me, you know, even when I'm, um, unorthodox or I'm doing something that's never been done or, you know, people always are extremely supportive. And, um, I, I realize like on paper, I know that I don't need to do that, but it's just really hard to break old habits, you know, especially when you're in a new environment. I think it's easy to revert back to things that, um, we identify as comfort, you know? Right, right, yeah. right. You, you're absolutely right. And here's what has to happen to break a habit. All right. And we're going to do it right now. One of, the, okay. one of the first things you have to do when you're trying to break a habit is you have to be clear on whether or not that habit is killing you. Mm -hmm. You cannot break a habit that you still believe in some, on some level is helping you. If you still believe that this is helping you or, or, or pushing you forward, you're going to run back to it. But the moment you yeah. understand that this is no longer helping me, that's the moment you start heading in the right direction. So I'm going to ask you honestly. Okay. Is the habit of, of saying yes 
when you should say no or not having sufficient boundaries, is it helping you? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> not at all, right? It's helping everyone else. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And and what it's not allowing you to do is it's not allowing you to respect yourself or to demand respect from other people. Mm-hmm. And here's what it's also doing. You ready for this, Tiffany? I think so. When, when you say yes all the time, you send out a message and you attract people who are more likely to manipulate and take advantage. Mm-hmm. Because people get, people implicitly, intuitively, spiritually, psychologically, they pick up on the signal. She doesn't have any boundaries. Mm-hmm. She doesn't respect herself. She won't say no to me. And you start attracting right. people who are not the people that you need, Right. See, here's where I am in my life. I would rather be alone than attract people who are going to hurt me. Absolutely. You feel me on that? Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Is that all I get? Uh Uh-huh. You're right. You're right. You're right. I mean, mean, listen, I I mean, do you really believe that? No, I I do. Absolutely. And um, I have really been doing a lot of inner work on this and I felt like I just needed support. So I'm really glad that I got a chance to um, speak to someone about this from a place of vulnerability because I, I felt myself sort of slipping back into old habits recently. Yes. Um, You know, as my career and my life are starting to evolve, I'm dealing with things that I've never dealt with before and experiencing things I've never experienced before. And a lot of it's on my own. So I think I just, I started to kind of resort back to old ways mm. just to have something familiar, you know, because everything else feels unfamiliar. So, mm. yeah. Okay. Okay. So let, let's switch the And in the three minutes that I have left with you, let, let's, let's okay. switch the paradigm. Okay. A- answer this question for me. What, what makes you powerful? My intellect, my creativity, um, and just my energy in general. I'm, I'm pretty solid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, I'm pretty amazing if you ask me. And my skincare regimen? No. Yeah, clearly, clearly the skincare <laughs> is, 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 is lit. I mean, you got, that's lit. Um, um, but, but I'm going to ask you again, and I want you to okay. dig even deeper. What sure. makes you so strong? My ability to overcome adversity and not to give up on myself and my dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you the same question in a different way. Who, okay. who made you so powerful? My family, for sure, and the creator. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to ask you again, and you don't have to give me names, but I want titles. Mm-hmm. Who mm-hmm. made you so strong? My mom, um, definitely my father, and my grandmother, for sure. She's she's a breast cancer survivor, and just watching her journey and just how carefree she lives and she's still she's you know 80 years old and she still dances and she's just like the most amazing soul and just knowing that I come from her and that I come from that strength is really empowering so and that and that's where I want your no to come from Mm -hmm. oh I just felt I I just felt like I felt that like I was in church I almost threw my shoe. <laughs> that, 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 that's where I want your no to come from. I want your no. Every time you feel like slipping back into crazy, I want you to go back to her. And okay. I, I, I want you to summon your grandmother's strength. 
I want, I want you to reach, I want your spirit to connect to hers. And if that woman could fight her way through cancer, and if that woman could be a light at whatever age she is, that's where I want you to draw your strength from. Okay. <laughs> because that, that's where you, that, that's who you come from. You don't come from this moment. You don't come from this pain. You don't come from insecurity. You don't come from weakness. You don't come from craziness. You come mm -hmm. from her. Yeah. You Absolutely. are your grandmother's granddaughter. You hear me? I do. I and, do. <laughs> and before you let somebody take advantage of you, you look at the mirror and you say to yourself, I am my grandmother's granddaughter. Mm -hmm. I stand yeah. for her. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, now, I saw your face changed. What, what's going on? What, what's going no, on? No, I was just, I was just imagining her face as she watches this show. <laughs> is that good? Is that a good thing? I'm sure she's cheering, up, cheering at the TV right now. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 are you cheering in your soul, in your spirit? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And it's, yeah. um, that's very, very, very helpful. Very yeah. helpful. Yeah. All um, right. So, so let's yeah. practice while I let you go. Okay. I got to take this okay. break. Let's practice. All right. So, okay. so I'm, I'm going to ask you some things. I'm, we're just going to practice. So, um, Tiffany, okay. can I borrow your car? No, okay. you may not. Can I move in and, and stay for seven months and not pay no rent? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. You said that with a smile, so I don't believe you. Um, so, so, so Tiffany, you can stay for seven days. No, me. <laughs> so, 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 so Tiffany, can I borrow $3,000 from you and not pay it back? No, you cannot. No, I cannot. No, I Tiffany, I cannot. Tiffany, yeah. can, can I come into your life and talk to you any kind of way? No, you may not. Okay. Can I come into your life and treat you any kind of way? No, you may not. And tell me why I can't. Because I am my grandmother's granddaughter. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Tiffany, thank you for coming on tonight, okay? <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. No, it's quite a pleasure. Quite a pleasure. Listen, everybody. <laughs> Um, 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 when we come back, uh, I'm going to say a little more about this. Uh, and I, I, got, I got something to share with you. But great conversation. Love talking to Tiffany. We'll be right back right after this. Listen, I've had a bunch of people on my show who always at some point uh, have to deal with credit and finance and all of that. And I've had to deal with it, too. Listen, I, the, the, there were times in my life when I needed to have a better credit score and I needed to really appreciate what that means. So listen. I got something special for you. There's a little something called the three-week rule, and it may be the best financial advice ever. What's the three-week rule? Here it is. Wait three weeks to buy that new car. Wait three weeks to refinance your home mortgage. And wait three weeks to finance any major purchase in your life. Why three weeks? Because that's how fast the average ScoreMaster user takes to boost his or her credit score an average of 61 points 61 points and listen 61 points added to your credit score can save you tens of thousands of dollars on almost everything that you might want to finance scoremaster technology was developed by credit data scientists to boost your credit score higher and faster than you ever thought possible scoremaster is so easy and it takes about a minute to get started and you don't have to wait months for your best credit score either that's my favorite part how many points can you add to your credit score? Say it with me, 61. So be sure to visit scoremaster.com slash bookofshawn for the special seven-day trial that I have for you because you're a viewer of my show. That's scoremaster.com slash bookofshawn. 
Okay, one more time, scoremaster.com slash Booker Sean, because I want your life and your credit to be good, because you deserve it, okay? And I want you to have the house and the car that you so richly deserve. <laughs> we'll be right back right after this. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. So let's talk about Tiffany for a second, because first of all, wasn't she amazing? Great spirit, great energy. Um, I, I honor her, and I wish her well in her journey I was so glad to be able to connect her moment to her history. Sometimes you have to remember where you come from. You got to remember what's inside of you. You have to remember that the people that gave birth to you, they bequeath to you a legacy and a strength. And when you can't find it in yourself on your own sometimes, and we all know what that feels like, you have to lean into your roots and remember the ground that produced you. That was an important moment for her. I also loved her vulnerability, the, the ability to be able to say, I'm just doing what I know how to do. I'm doing the best that I can. And see, for her and for you and for me, that's the beginning of transformation and growth. When we really admit that we're working through some things, we're learning some things, and we don't know how to do some things. As long as you sit around and act like you know everything, or you got it under control, you don't feel nothing and don't nothing ever bother you, well, you'll never grow that way. But the moment you have the, you, you have the kind of moment that she had tonight, where she's able to say, whew, yeah, I don't like what I'm doing. I don't like what it's doing to me. That's the moment you grow enough, you become free enough to do something about it. She's going to be fine. Maybe not right away. Everything won't change overnight. We don't transform in a minute or 20 minute or in a 30 minute conversation. She may have more of a journey. But I promise you, by the time it's all over, she's going to end up exactly where she's supposed to be because she is her granddaughter's, her grandmother's rather granddaughter. And that means something. It means something to her. It means something to you. Remember where you come from. Remember what's inside of you. And when you get weak, summon that strength, okay? All right, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do some Ask Dr. Sean. Play the Bubba Highly. <laughs> Ah, yes, 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 yes. You guys always send me amazing videos and questions, and I do appreciate it. Please keep sending them, okay? Make sure you send them so that we can, um, we can do our best to answer what it is you want to know. I got a great video. Let's watch it together. Hello, Dr. Sean. My name is Paige Mitchell, and I am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The reason why I am reaching out today to seek your advice and wisdom is because I would really like to know, how do you persuade your family and close friends when it pertains to wanting to adopt or foster a child in comparison to biologically having a child of your own? So I really would like to know what you think about it and if you can help me. Great question. Thank you for that. Um, I happen to know this journey. Um, so let's talk about my mom. We, Tiffany talked about her grandmother. I'm going to answer the question by talking about my mom. So my mom um, was, was uh, many years ago, she was pregnant with a, a girl, and um, the girl, she miscarried, and the girl died. And then she got pregnant again and had my older brother, uh, Frank. And uh, that is her only biological child, right? Um, and then somewhere in her 50s, she wanted to adopt children. So her sister and her brother and all her nieces and nephews were saying to her, you're absolutely crazy. Why do you want to, I mean, you got a son, you know, uh, he's grown, and, and why, why do you want kids? And she was very clear. She was very clear that she had more love to give, that, that she wanted to bestow on children of the love that was inside of her. She, she, had, she had more love than she had children. And she was clear that her journey, her destiny, was to love more children. 
They couldn't understand it. Oh, you don't know where these kids come from. You don't know what their DNA is. You don't know what their parents, blah, 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 blah. they could be problems, blah, blah, blah. She was just clear. I have more love. I have more love than I have children. And since I'm not willing to dial back my love, I have to increase the number of children that I have around me. And she adopted children. She adopted me, she adopted my sister, and she adopted Curtis. She adopted Curtis, who, by the way, uh, had HIV AIDS. She went on and found a kid that had HIV AIDS and brought that kid into her home because she had that much love. My point is, that's what you need to help your family understand. That loving a child has nothing to do with birthing a child. And being a mom is not necessarily connected with who comes out of your uterus. You can choose not to give birth to a child, but have love for children. And what I hear you saying to me and what I actually admire is that you're not so much interested in giving birth to a child as you are caring about the children that are already here. You believe that the children who are here, who have no one to care for them, you want to be the one who gives them that love. And as someone who happens to have been adopted, I honor that. See, I don't think you need to waste your time trying to convince anybody of anything. I think, you, I think you need to do what my mom did, and that is follow your heart. That is do what is in your spirit to do. If it makes sense to you, if you believe it at your core, if you have good intentions, if you're not trying to hurt anybody, and perhaps most of all, if you have heard from some higher possibility that this is your destiny and your path, then that's what you need to do. And we don't have to convince other people that our destiny happens to be what it is. All we have to do is pursue it and then let them see the results. You follow me? Because you might well adopt a child when, when all of them think you should be giving birth to children and have your biological, you might, you might well adopt a child and the kid that you adopt ends up changing the world. You might be the mom of someone who transforms this country in a way that shatters records and sets new standards and milestones. You see, we don't always get to choose how we become a mom or a dad. We don't always get to choose how those things happen to us. But whenever they happen, however they happen, the love that we give becomes the only thing that matters. So your families, they're going to say what they, what they say because they can only see it a certain way because they only have a certain experience. But don't let what they can't see prevent you from seeing what you can. You see it. You believe it. Now chase after it. And when you get that child that you adopt, remember that the love you give is forming the birth of a new world. So you love the child that you adopt as if you were giving birth to a world, the emergence of a new possibility. And, all, and on behalf of all of the adopted children in the world, we thank you. We thank you for having a bigger, deeper, higher, truer standard of motherhood. We thank you for understanding that you can be a mom and never actually give birth to a child. <laughs> anyway, let me keep going because I could talk about that all day. Thank you for that question. All right. Someone DM me this question. And uh, here it is. I went to my husband's work retreat and his secretary told me that he is the father of her three year old son. Uh Oh, she claims that he takes care of her son financially but he refuses to take a paternity test. She begged me to convince him to take the test, but when I confronted him, he denied that he ever had a relationship with her and claims he, that she rather is a liar. Should I demand that he take the test or trust that he is telling the truth? 
Ooh, this is a spicy little question, all right? This is spicy, people. Dr. Sean likes the spicy questions. All right, so first of all, let me say this. Um, I think you, I think, let's not talk about him or her. Let's talk about you for a second, all right? Because I'm concerned about you. I think you deserve to know the truth, okay? And um, I would want to know, okay? I would want to know. She may be a liar uh, or he may be. I, I Personally speaking, I would want to know. And I, I would say that this, is a, this, this accusation is a little too grandiose for us to act like it didn't happen. And anybody who, anybody who is telling you the truth should not have problems producing receipts for the truth that they're telling. And the fact that he doesn't want to take the test is, is concerning for me. I'm not saying that she's lying or he's lying, but I'm saying, I'm saying there's an easy way to find out. There's an easy way to find out. It's really easy. You ain't even got to, it's no blood either. You used to have to take blood tests. You ain't got to do no blood. It's no pain, right? You just stick the thing in your mouth, stick the swab in your mouth, and then you go on about your business. How hard is that? See, I'm hoping you understand that his unwillingness to take this test might be telling you something, okay? And I think you deserve to know what's going on because this isn't just about him and her and this, and this other kid. You are involved in this because you're married to this man. You're with this man, okay? And you're on this journey, and you need to know what kind of journey you're on so that you can make a decision about what's best for you. Whether you decide to leave or to stay, I, that's your call. But you need all the information that you deserve to make a decision that's worthy of who you are. And I think anybody who won't produce, who won't do, who won't do the minimum, won't do something basic to prevent something devastating from happening, that says something to me. Okay? It, it, anytime there's a paternity question and a man doesn't want to take a paternity test, <laughs> you might already have your answer. So here's my question for you, since you sent me such a juicy, salacious question. If he is the father of this child, what are you going to do? If this is his child and he's been taking care of a child and having a family and a relationship, and you don't, what are you going to do? Are you the kind of person who can, who can absorb that kind of blow and get over it and move forward? Or are you the kind of person that's going to need transition to happen because you feel thoroughly disrespected? I think your mind needs to be not just on what he, what he will and won't do, but what are you willing to do and not do? Because if he never takes this test, are you willing to live with the ambiguity, with the circumspection, with the contingency, with the doubt? I, I couldn't do it, okay? I'm just, I'm just telling you right now, I would want to know. I'm not sleeping next to you every night. <laughs> you rolling over, tapping me on the leg and all that. And there's a possibility that you, I want to know. I, matter of fact, I would feel like I deserve to know. And this wouldn't just be about, you know, whether you want to do it or don't. No, 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 no. This is something that we're going to have to, we need to settle this question. And my dear sister, you need to ask yourself, are you the kind of person that can live with an open question? Because I'm a fundamental believer that people can't love a mystery for very long. You can't, you, can't, you can't stay with an enigma, with a conundrum for the rest of your life, okay? I think you need to know the answer to this. And I think you need to do the hard work to make sure that, that you are respected in this matter. Because I, I don't think he's respecting you, all right? Anyway, I wish you well. Thank you, Tiffany, for being on tonight. Thank you for watching, okay? I appreciate all of you so much. Listen, people, be strong in the places where you come from. 
and remember how bright and beautiful you are. Don't let people take advantage of your greatness because it's yours. Okay, y'all be good to each other, all right? I'll see you soon. I love you.